When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now from Sooner Sports TV, here's Jessica Cootie and Meg McDonald. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sooner Sports Podcast with Jess and Meg. We did have some suggestions for a name, so we appreciate that. We're going to continue to work on that, uh, hammer some things out, some ideas, but we appreciate your feedback. Thank you so much for listening to Episode 1. It went over really well, it sounds, and it seems like people are excited about this, so Again, welcome back. We appreciate your support and, and your listening. She's Megan McDonald. I'm Jessica Cootie. And uh, we've got a, a special topic today uh, to talk about, one that really hits home for a lot of people, Meg. And it seems like everyone in some shape or form is affected by this disease. We're talking about cancer. It's no fun at all for anyone, but still something worth talking about and bringing awareness, which is what we're going to do in this podcast. Yes, so the annual Play for K game for Oklahoma women's basketball is coming up on Saturday, this Saturday, February 3rd at 2 o'clock. And it's what most people refer to as the pink out game. I think that's what people from the outside kind of relate to this is, oh, that's when they wear pink jerseys or, oh, that's when they wear pink shoes. But actually, there's a really a lot more that goes into it than just that. And those pink jerseys have, it's a worldly thing it seems like or maybe not worldly but at least in the United States you have the NFL teams doing it you have NBA teams doing it but it really started in women's basketball with Kay Yao. 
Yeah, so Kay Yao is, um, you know, for those of you that might not be too familiar, she is a legendary coach, was at North Carolina State. And what you're going to hear Sherry Cole talk about her relationship with Kay Yao is, is Kay was really one of the first women, first people to really fight her her battle with cancer publicly. So, you know, she was a coach at North Carolina State, won several ball games. In fact, she's one of only six Division One women's basketball coaches to achieve 700 career wins. Um, she led her teams to 20 of 27 NCAA tournaments, 11 Sweet 16s. She's in numerous Hall of Fames, including the Naismith Hall of Fame. But, you know, beyond what she did as a coach is is the way she inspired with her battle with cancer, with breast cancer, which she was diagnosed with back in 1987. And she fought it for 22 years before ultimately losing her battle in um, back in 2009. But, you know, when you hear people, especially in women's basketball, talk about their battles, their personal battles with cancer, whether that be with a mom, a sister, or themselves, you oftentimes hear them refer to Kay Yao and, and the inspiration she provided by making that fight public, because a lot of people don't know what they're getting into when when you hear the words you have cancer. It's it's a scary thing. And, you know, seeing somebody else that that's so well known and so renowned go through it and fight it and how, you know, um, strong she was throughout it is an inspiration. And we see a lot of that with Jimmy V. And so one thing that you're going to hear a lot about um, and you, you've heard a lot about if you're a women's basketball fan is, is how close to home that. This breast cancer has hit Oklahoma women's basketball. I mean, you talk about Sherry Cole's mom battled it. So then, you know, she battled it. And then when it came time, Jan Ross got a mammogram, which we're going to talk to Jan Ross. And and um, Jan Ross went to Sherry, said, what are we going to do? How do we do this? You know, you, you got to have a person. And, and Jan Ross talks about how Sherry was her person throughout this whole thing. They got a game plan, which they do every single game day. They, they get a game plan. That's what they've done. They, they got a game plan when they came here to Oklahoma and, and took this program over. It's what they've done literally their entire career. And it's what they did with, with Jan Ross's um, fight. And you're going to hear more about that. Then from there, from there, a couple years later, Chad Threlkill, another assistant coach, his sister was diagnosed with a rare form of breast cancer. What did he do? He went to Jan and Cherry because he said he learned about how to fight this battle through them. So you look at how it's transcended from from Kay to Sherry, from Sherry to Jan, Jan to TK. And then then all the numerous players that have had moms and sisters and aunts that have battled it. It's like you said, Meg, everybody, it doesn't discriminate. Almost everybody that you meet knows somebody who's had cancer. And we're going to open up this podcast with an interview with Sherry Cole and how she was really there on the ground floor when this initiative really started. So the Play for, Ga- Play for K game is always a um, very special day here at the University of Oklahoma. Um, first and foremost, because of your relationship with uh, K Yao. But then, you know, you go back to it seemed like every other year, every year you were having some type of battle that you guys were having to go through as a team with your mom and then Jan Ross and then. TK's sister. And um, so I guess just first of all, the importance of this game, not just here at OU, but across the uh, across the nation. Um, How special is it for you to see how it's grown into what it is? Uh, I'm amazed, really, um, by the organization, by the good that it's done, by the impact that it's having. Um, And and yet. And yet I'm not because it is fueled by the spirit of Coach Yao and she was a special soul. There's no doubt about that. She had a vision and um, 
She set that in motion before her untimely passing, and that has been carried through some very difficult junctures. Literally, by the grace of God, the organization has just continued to level up um, from one little angel that appears out of nowhere to another. It's just continued to grow and progress and really has enjoyed um, or is in the midst of enjoying uh, a real boom right now in terms of... um, uh, the level of the organization and the things that are on the horizon. I'm super proud to be a part of it. Stephanie Glantz is is the wind behind it right now, taking Coach Yow's spirit and just funneling it through every interaction that the organization has from the from the most minute uh, to the most grandiose. It is really her spirit and and her her ability to channel the spirit of Coach Yao through that that's growing the organization. And it's its something that if you're involved in women's basketball, you're going to be touched by it. It's going to happen, whether it's a current player or a past player or a player's mom or a sister or an aunt or an uncle or a grandmother or someone on the staff. It, the, the disease, unfortunately, is so prevalent that everybody runs face-to-face with it so everybody can relate and feels moved to be a part of finding an answer, finding a cure. Can you take us back to the ground floor? Because I think you were a big part of hearing her plans when she wanted it to be her legacy and she drew it on a napkin or, or something like that. What, yeah. what was that kind of process like seeing it from that, the very initial stages of, of it when it was at its birth? Well, Coach Yao um, had had publicly fought her battle. And I, that's something that's very courageous. Um, I I know that, that there are people who do that. Uh, I I just, she was the first that I recalled taking uh, the coaching chair and letting the world see her struggle uh, with this disease. And she had beaten it and it comes back and she beats it again. So this was not her first rodeo, so to speak. When it came back strong, I was the president of the WBCA at the time. And she came and said, um, I, I have this vision of uh, a nation of coaches finding a cure for women's cancers. And she said it to me in such a way that um, I believed it could happen. I mean, I guess that is the genius of a coach. She just looked at me and said, I have this vision that a nation of coaches come together and find a cure for women's cancer. And I said, okay, I'm in. What can I do? And she began to lay it out. She, uh, we had lunch at a little restaurant in Augusta, Georgia, while we were there recruiting, pouring down rain. We go inside. Um, think we're having a bowl of soup, each of us. And she has to. There's a whole litany of uh, pill bottles out on the on the tabletop because she's taking her cancer drugs orally, and she'll take a couple and take a bite and then take a couple more. And it literally, there are probably 20 pills that she took there as she's riding on a napkin. Just imagine in that North Carolina drawl, she says, just imagine if every kid who plays basketball gave a dollar. Now, how many kids do you think play basketball? And then just imagine if every college program gave a hundred dollars, how many college programs are there? She starts doing the math and, and multiplying everything. These numbers are just outrageous. And you just get caught up in the simplicity of the thought and um, the sincerity of the motivation as she's really trying to extend her life by the pills that are lined up on the table. She's thinking about how to save so many other lives in such a simplistic manner. And so it was so easy to dive into and be a part of. And I've been rewarded every day of my life since because of my involvement in it. 
I just got chills on that. Meg? I just have a quick question. How your guys' relationship came to form and then how you maintained that relationship? You know, Coach Yao was maybe the most approachable Division One basketball coach you would ever encounter. She was funny. She uh, was self-deprecating in in the way she would tell stories about her own nonsense, things that she did. Um, but I, my very first encounter uh, with Coach Yao face to face was at the Riverwalk in San Antonio in 2002 when we were playing in the Final Four. She's walking along the Riverwalk, and I was as well. And um, she came over and grabbed my arm and stopped me and said, I'm Coach K. Yao. And I looked at her and thought, Yes, I know. <laughs> Absolutely, you are. And she had a red ribbon on. And she said, Do you know why I'm wearing this red ribbon? And I said, No, ma'am, I do not. And she said, um, when the University of Oklahoma dropped its women's basketball program, we were at national convention in California and um, we all wore red ribbons um, to support the reinstitution of women's basketball as a sport at the University of Oklahoma. And of course it was reinstituted. And now here, such a short time later, this program is playing in the final four. I'm wearing my ribbon again because this is the power that we have to create change. And that just impacted me on such a deep level. And of course, I expressed my gratitude to her. But at that moment never left me when she began to talk about her vision um, for for the Kayak Cancer Fund. Uh, it's it's the very same thing that she always believed she could make a difference. And did you guys just maintain like you, you talked when you saw each other? Was it a phone call? I mean, how did you maintain being such special friends? Um, we had a couple of phone calls. Um I remember uh, one Christmas um, when Coach Yao was struggling with her cancer that over the Christmas holiday, our team put together uh, 12 Days of Christmas video that we sent her. Every year at Christmas, we would try and still do try to look around and see what need there is that might need to be fulfilled. And Stacey Hansmeyer was on my staff at the time and very creative. And, and she basically kind of put together for the 12 Days of Christmas uh, – personalized version for Coach Yao. I had served with Stephanie Glantz, who was our longtime assistant coach. We had served together at the WBCA. And at a couple of dinners after long meetings, we'd be out to, to eat and Steph would start telling Coach Yao stories. And they were hysterical. Uh, when she put her phone in the oven and and backed out of the driveway with her her uh, suitcase in the trunk and the trunk still up and uh, going down the road with all the items of her suitcase in this going in the street there was just story after story and so I shared those with Stacy and then Stacy created Twelve Days of Christmas based upon those and we made a little video and I just sent it um, uh, to Coach and um, crazy thing uh, Steph said. Uh, coach would pull it out and and watch it as she was going through her cancer stuff. She would pull it out and watch wow. it and just um, remember that it really is a big family of women's basketball across the country uh, trying to make a difference. And so it was just that's really kind of how we stayed in touch. Finally, um, you know, again, like you said, it's something that impacts just about every person that um, you know walks through the store, walks through the store as an opponent, as your team. You've unfortunately have had to, but fortunately have had some people that have, um, you know, beat cancer and have won their battles with your mom and, and Jan Ross, like we talked about at the beginning. What's what's kind of the biggest thing you took away from watching those important women in your life um, kind of beat the disease and, and move forward with their life? And, and again, just such big 
big roles in, in your life personally. And, and you haven't kind of going through that with them alongside them. Mindset without a doubt mindset, um, positive attitude, gratitude, overflowing. You know, I have two players on the wall behind me. We're, we're talking in the film room right now, Jamie Talbert, Jen Cunningham, both cancer survivors. Um, mindset. And when I think about those two guys as players, um, they were guys who showed up every day and had an unwavering belief in their ability to determine the quality of their life. I think about that as a basketball player. Neither one, Jen nor Jamie, were particularly athletically gifted, and they would not mind me saying that. They know. <laughs> Jen suffered three knee injuries, which ended up ending her career. Jamie couldn't jump over a piece of paper, but she was our center on our national runner-up team. But what they had in common was an unwavering sense of gratitude and joy for every day of their life and an unwavering sense that they were in control of their own destinies because they controlled their minds. And that that is exactly how Jan and my mom are, um, two of the most positive individuals I've ever come in contact with. They're just believers. And... Um, uh, their their lives and their actions are laced with gratitude. And you, you will never convince me that that doesn't play a role in healing. I have a quick question. Okay. Um, I don't want to take anything away from this horrific disease, but how would you say sports can help someone get through it, whether they're playing or watching or even just involved in a team? I think sports play a huge role in that and in – everything societal beyond that. I think that sports are entertainment, but if they're done the right way, um, they change the way people view what they do on a daily basis. Part of our mission is to play, or our mission as a team is to play in such a way so that people are compelled to watch and thus inspired to do whatever they do in a better way. I think that's the responsibility of athletes when they perform. And I can't tell you the number of uh, cancer survivors who our games and our team's performance gives maybe an escape for just an hour where they're not thinking about how lousy they feel or the treatment that's coming up or the prognosis or the potential diagnosis. They just get to escape for an hour. Or how many of those people watch us play and feel like, you know what? I can get up and go to that treatment in the morning. I can do that. She did something really hard. I can do this. And so those stories just, they roll on and on and on in a never ending stream. And I think it's super important that our, our athletes understand um, not only their responsibility, but their opportunity to impact people in such a way. Has there been a story that's impacted you that you can think of? Well, um, little Mackenzie Simpson, um, impacted me in a way that, um, boy, I don't even know if I can put it into words. She's, uh, she was a 12 year old who, um, saw the world through big people eyes and, um, lived every day to its fullest, uh, never considered herself a victim. She was a spreader of joy. She was smart. She was, um, immersed in life every single day. And um, she taught me a lot about how to be a better person. And uh, I'm grateful that I got to meet her. Grateful that I had her in my life.
Man, just powerful, powerful stuff from Sherry Cole, as always. So many takeaways. Um, thought it was so awesome about the story about Kaya when she first met her for the first time. Of course, Sherry knew who she was, but, you know. She was Kay- bold. Yeah, and, and, and Kaya was wearing the ribbon when they made the final four. I got chills all over my body when Sherry told that story. I've got chills right now bringing it back up. I mean, it was... That was so cool. And then just to hear that relationship and how it's developed. And then the fact that Sherry was right there when Kay drew all of her ideas up on a napkin. And then you look to where the Kay Cancer Cancer Fund is today. To date, they have donated more than $5 million. $5.38 million has been granted for research specifically towards the fight against women's cancer. So it's a huge deal. And Sherry was right there on the ground floor, which I thought was so awesome to hear about. And, and, and I think it puts into perspective just how important, you know, this play for K game is to this, this program. And again, it is more than just wearing pink. Like what you said in kind of the intro that, Oh, this is fun. They get to wear pink jerseys, but it really is for a good cause. The money goes to a really good place to help find a cure for this disease and again jan ross an assistant coach um you know she's she's one of those survivors and when we were talking with her it brings up the emotion you know it's it's um she's a survivor and you know she's beat it and she now um wants to inspire other people but when you take her back to her initial fight she got emotional talking about it and I want to note also Sherry towards the end of her interview also got a little choked up and it. It really is the years go by, life happens, people move on, but just coming back to it, it's sad. It's hard. It's hard to talk about. And you guys obviously can't see them, see them during their interviews, but I think it it's moving, you know, like it's you can be the toughest person in the world and you can be this mentally physically strong person but when it comes to this disease it's it's not easy it's tough for everyone no it's not easy at all and i think you've seen um you know beyond just what this program has gone through the work that this how dedicated they've been to going to the children's hospital which is again you know an an initiative jan is super behind because she's experienced it herself and we're going to toss to this interview with jan and i think one of my favorite things she talks about wanting to uh, quicken or get the pace going on chemo so she could go to her trip to Australia with the team. So we're going to have a listen with that. And yeah, no, you'll you'll feel it. It's it's an emotional. Well, we're continuing this special Play for K podcast, talking to one of Oklahoma women's basketball assistant coaches, Jan Ross, who um, herself actually went through a battle with breast cancer. And um, this cause obviously very important to you because of what you went through yourself, but then also the people that have been impacted around this program. And the kids you've gotten to know um, throughout the volunteer efforts that you guys do at the Children's Hospital. So I I just kind of wanted to let people maybe go back and hear your story again for those that um, might not remember or haven't heard it before. Just kind of take us back to the beginning when you first kind of got the diagnosis that you'd be in for a fight. Right. Well, it was in the spring and um, we were actually about ready to have an official visit on campus and... uh, uh, I got my yearly mammograms, which I definitely uh, hope everybody does nowadays. There's no reason not to. Uh, it, it saves lives. So if you're out there, please make sure you get yearly mammograms. And, uh, you know, I'd had a spot and, and uh, had to go back. 
And I remember getting back and uh, just going into Sherry's office and, you know, looking at her and we both just start crying. And um, so it was pretty tough in the beginning. But, uh, you know, once you get over that initial shock, like, is it is it really happening? You know, then you start to figure out a game plan. And, uh, you know, uh, Sherry and I have done a million game plans in our life. So um, this one was a little more important, but it, we kind of took the same route. You know, let's get a plan. You know, let's, you know, look at, at what's best and then we'll get a plan and then we'll just go with it. And uh, that's kind of what we did. So it was it, it was interesting to look at it that way. But um, it was something that I feel like we were prepared for. Sherry knows, you know, a lot of doctors and and through all our volunteer work, you know, we've got to meet a lot of the doctors. So um, that was good. You know, I, I'm fortunate enough to know people and know people that know really good doctors. And I felt like I got the best doctors in the world. So uh, um, that's where it kind of where it all started and how we worked our way through it. How did you first tell the team? Um, well, you know, we talked about when I came in the office, they were everybody was downstairs. We were waiting on a recruit. And, uh, you know, we just looked at each other and just one of those things that we just got to go do it. So she got everybody in the locker room and went in there and there were some tears, but it was like, okay, let's go. You know, I need you guys help and let's fight. And they were all right there with me. It was, it was pretty cool. So can you walk us through how long from there you, you went through chemo and then just kind of the process before you went into remission? Uh, yeah, that was what in April and then in May, um, I had a mastectomy and, uh, then as soon as I could, I started treatments and, um, uh, Dr. Brian Boggs was, was my surgeon and, you know, we were scheduled to go to, to take our foreign tour in Australia, in Australia. And we were supposed to go in August. So, you know, that's the first thing I looked at was like, you know, how many, <laughs> and, uh, it was, it wasn't going to work out. I was going to be a couple couple weeks too late so I wasn't going to get to go and uh so I remember I went back and um had a checkup with Dr. Boggs and he says you know sometimes they can move those treatments closer together and I'm like really and he's like yeah so then when I went back to my oncologist I said you know um I heard maybe you could move those treatments closer <laughs> together she's like are you crazy <laughs> like yeah a little bit so anyway she moved them up they were originally scheduled to be three weeks apart you know, every, every three weeks, um, four treatments. So, uh, um, we moved them to two weeks apart and I ended up getting to go to Australia. I don't know where that story came from, but, um, no, it was, um, like I said, every two weeks and, uh, my support system was amazing. My sister would come down every weekend. I would, I would get them on a Tuesday and then usually it takes a few days before you really start feeling it. And so she'd come down on the weekends and cook and really just let me lay around and do nothing, which is what you got to do. So, um, and then, uh, you know, fortunate enough to work here where when I needed off, I could, I, I didn't have to come in. So it was a blessing. When we talked to coach Cole about it, you know, she talked a lot about not just you, but you've had a couple former players that have also battled breast cancer and then her mom and said that the one thing that everybody had in common was, was the mindset going into it and kind of how you, like you said in the beginning, like, okay, let's go do this. Let's go beat this. So when you're going through something like that and, and the people that you've been able to be around, how important is that mindset going into it? Uh, huge. Um, I remember before my first treatment, you know, you, you're confident and, you know, because of my faith, I know I knew everything I was going to be taken care of, but you just wonder, you know, what's it going to be like? What's it going to feel like? What, you know, what should I do? And, 
and all this. And I remember Jamie Talbert coming up to the office and we actually sat on the floor in the hallway because she had her two little boys with her. And uh, she just kind of walked me through it. This is what happened to me. This is how I felt. You know, when you're sitting there, this is what you can do. And she brought me, her and uh, Desiree Taylor got me a basket full of, you know, magazines and, um, you know, just little things like uh, lemon drops. These lemon drops really, you know, help the taste in my mouth and, you know, little things like that, that just kind of a comfort, you know, just to really just, it just helps you through. It's amazing how uh, just the understanding that she had of going through the process and she could pass that on to me and, you know, hopefully I'll be able to pass that on to other people. And you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you came to work and still coached throughout this entire process. How did basketball help you through this? Well, you know, it was it was actually the summer, so we had camps. And so I couldn't work camps, obviously, because, you know, little kids have lots of little germs. And um, so I, I could, uh, a, a lot of my camp job was scheduling and, and doing a lot of the paperwork. So that was good. I could come in here in my office and do all that and look out my window and see everybody, see the kids out there playing and learning. And so, you know, anytime I felt well enough to get out, I think it just, you know, mentally, it just is so much better if you, if you feel like you have a place and you feel like you, you can be productive, you know, where you're not just sitting around just, you know, feeling the bad medicine in you. You know, one thing that you hear a lot when you talk to people that have, um, gone through this, beat it is, is just obviously the mindset and the support system, but a sport, you know, there, you look at the play for K game and, and how much that, how many people have been touched by that and the people that go through it and, um, you know, the people that have been in sports and have, um, that kind of support system and that team mentality and that fight mentality. So being that you are an athlete and you're a coach and you have the support system, but then also, you know, kind of, like you said, game plan. What role did that play in your fight and you beating the cancer? Oh, it, it was huge. Um, and, you know, all that all that stuff that people do, all the pink pink stuff, you know, I think it was always meaningful. But then once you go through it, you're like, oh, I get it now, you know. And you see how much it really means to the survivors. So, you know, I think – and I think our players see that a little bit too. So uh, hopefully, you know, they throw their hearts into it a little bit more. But even, you know, I go recruiting and in the past, you know, you go to games and you see the pink and you don't really think about it. But I remember um, uh, like the the fall after I'd been through everything, going recruiting and went go to a game and you actually see all those high school kids and it just how many people are affected by it. And it's just overwhelming. And uh, it just you're just like really all those people and. The effect that Kay Yao has had on, on the movement is is massive. You know, it really is uh, in women's basketball and I think overall of sports. Um, you know, I think it started with Jimmy V and, and that fight. And then with her, you know, don't let cancer kick you, let kick you forward, you know. And um, she was just an amazing lady. But I, th- I think you're right, you know, in athletics you're taught to fight. And uh, I think it just carries over into life and, you know, into all your troubles, really. So if you can sum it up and put it into words, what does the Play for K game mean to you? Um, I think it just gives gives the survivors a chance to celebrate, you know. And uh, once you've had a scare, you know, where you're like, you know, am I going to be around tomorrow? You know, um, uh, you look for reasons to celebrate. And I think it just lets everybody get together and celebrate, you know, celebrate that, you know, I'm a survivor, and also remember those that maybe haven't survived, 
and celebrate their lives rather than just being depressed about it, you know. Um, so it, to me, it's just a, it's a big celebration and, you know, everybody's so happy and it's just, I don't know who's, I mean, I love what we do here. I think ours is our, our K Yow day, our, our play for K is unique in that we have so many survivors and we have a, you know, banquet for them and it is really special. And your teams always typically play well on this day too. Well, let's, let's hope that continues. (laughs) I, I hope that, uh. You know, I hope it inspires them. And, you know, when they go out, they think about, you know, I'm playing for this and uh, hopefully it makes us play better. Not just the Play for K initiative um, on coming up on Saturday, but it's also Special Spectators Day, which, again, is another thing that you guys do every year. And occasionally this has overlapped where the Special Spectators have been here on the Play for K game. Sometimes it doesn't, but this year it does. So in addition to all the survivors going to be here You've got 10 kids coming in from OU Medical, and, you know, you guys have go there often and have developed relationships with a lot of these kids. So a lot of these guys that are coming in are faces you recognize. So for you to see those kids coming in, again, going back to you know what they're going through, and then for them to get to come here and see a game, how special is that for you? Oh, it's it's fantastic, and uh, I love our special spectators and, and the people that put that program on it. it it really is, it doesn't only benefit those kids, it benefits our players because I think they really do. They really are inspired and, you know, you, you, you can't feel bad for those kids because they're so happy and they're, uh, they're so strong, even though physically they might not be strong. You know, they're just, they're little fighters and uh, it makes you just want to go out and be a better person. So having those kids around always makes us better. And, um, it's, it's a special day and it's, it's, I guess it's good that it's on that same day. For people that don't know, can you talk about what events surround the play for gate play for K game, and then what the special spectators also get to do? Um, yeah, I, I know a little bit. I don't get too much into it, but I know uh, for the play for K, they have a, a big uh, luncheon beforehand, uh, where they can they get shirts and they ha- have food and all that, and it's really just a time to sit around and celebrate together. Like I said before. Um, I go in there before the game all the time and, you know, you meet new people and you share your stories and, um, it's just a big get together and it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it, it, it truly is a celebration. And then the special spectators, um, they come early, they get to go in the locker room, they hear the pregame speech and then, um, they get to go out on the court and shoot a little bit while we're warming up. And then after the game, hopefully we're in there celebrating together and, you know, they get to go through all their team rituals with us, our prayers and, and just kind of see how we operate and just get away from their fight for a little while. So in closing, let's tie it all together. You've got, you know, the play for game K game, which is a huge movement across the country. Um, and then what it's meant to this program personally with so many people being affected, you got the special spectators, but then ultimately there's a basketball game to be played against West Virginia. So just again, just the whole everything together, coming together for a, hopefully a big win, just how important is the support that you guys are getting for you know the cancer survivors, but then also for this basketball team. Right, right. Uh, that's another reason we love the Play for K game. They've, we've always got a big crowd, and they're, they're always into it. You know, Maybe that's one reason we are good is because the crowd's there, they're loud, um, and I think Happy pe- to be there. Yeah, and people would be surprised how much that really does affect your team and maybe even affect the other team. So uh, it's fun because we get a big, good, a big crowd. So hopefully it'll be the same. So we certainly appreciate uh, Jan Ross revisiting her battle because um, 
Yeah, it, it isn't easy to go back there. It's it's a scary place when you hear, like she was talking about, um, when you hear those words. And you know, she had a support system around her. Uh, she had talks about not just her current team and and her coaching staff, but some former players and and again the power of sports and the power of this basketball team that really helped her fight it and and beat it in ultimately. And there are so many things happening for this Play for K game. So many events. I know she talked about the luncheon, and I think she looks forward to it, celebrating the cancer survivors and celebrating maybe those who didn't beat it, but celebrating their lives, Jess. I've been fortunate enough to get to come to this event on several occasions, and, and you heard Jan talk about, you know, we do it. We're one of the best in the country to do it. And they would know because, you know, when when you play women's basketball, especially like in this month of February, they'll go and it'll be other teams play for K games. So they they know they've been around. They see it. So um, I really do truly believe it. It's so cool what they do. So um, if you're a cancer survivor and you're listening, if you know somebody who's a cancer survivor and, and are listening, please check out Soonersports.com for all the information of how you can get involved in this event. Um, yeah, beforehand, there's this luncheon that that all of the survivors come to. And, and I thought it was so cool how Jan talked about it's a celebration. Like, you know, you, you think about, oh, cancer and, and everything. And, and it is, it's important to have an outlet. It's important to remember that we're fighting and there's people that have fought and there's people maybe that lost their fight. But what they did is lay a foundation for the people to come before them. And so that's what I think is so neat is the support and the energy. You walk into that room and they have it in the practice gym and you are just immediately uplifted because everybody is so happy to be there. And it's a family. It, it is. And it's like, you know, the the way that I am getting chills talking about it, the way that they all come together and really celebrate each other and, and are so supportive of one each other, they they had this thing where they write on this board with for who they play for. Because that's the thing is, is these players, you talk about who are you playing for in this game. So a lot of times, you know, the players are playing for, you know, somebody in their cancer, somebody in their family who's fought cancer. So their grandmother, their mother, their sister, and, and a lot of them play for Jan Ross. You, you see them, a lot of them fill out that, that form that I play for Jan Ross. And so you know, the, these survivors all come in and who do you play for? And, you know, that you sign this board if you're a survivor and you talk about who you play for. And, you know, it's uh, Jan comes in and speaks to them and it, it's moving. It's it's it is literally you cannot I can't even explain just how uplifted you feel by by these incredible women who are just putting all of their fight out there for the world to see. And it's a it's a time for them to come together, time for them to celebrate, but also cheer on. Uh, the Sooners in a very important basketball game. And a top, well, West Virginia's in the top 25. It's, they're tough. They're going to play tough on the road. It, it's always a tough, hard-fought battle between these two teams. So, you know, would love to have your support, would love, this team would, and, and would love for you to come out and celebrate if you're a cancer survivor. So it's such a good cause. Again, for any information uh, you might need, log on to Soonersports.com, tweet at us, We'll be putting out lots of information throughout the rest of this week leading up to this. And um, it's going to be a fun, fun day, as always, and a great basketball game on top of that. Can't lose sight of that, that, you know, it's also going to be a big basketball game as well. So, um, yeah, we appreciate you listening to this. Such an important cause. And and we just, you know, felt very um, convicted about bringing this and bringing more awareness because it is such a, a, a big thing that that has hit so many people and especially our Oklahoma women's basketball program. So we, we wanted to shed some light to this, take you back to Coach Ross's battle, 
take you uh, inside Coach Cole's uh, relationship with KEOW and, and this great organization, this great foundation. So we appreciate you listening. Uh, we hope uh, you've learned some some things about this. Go get your mammograms. <laughs> That's one thing I, I learned That's from the first Jan thing she Ross. said. Yeah. So uh, again, such an important cause. We appreciate Coach Cole. We appreciate Coach Ross. We thank them for sharing and. We thank you for listening. Come back. We'll be back next week. We've got a really cool um, podcast coming up with KJ Kindler and Maggie Nichols. Meg, you want to preview that a little bit quickly? We are going to dive into the making of a floor routine and hope that Maggie Nichols can teach us a floor routine. We're also hoping to get a video of that. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. So lots of fun stuff coming up. Stick with us next Wednesday. Got a fun one coming up for you. We've got lots of guests lined up already. So we're excited about the first week. We hope you enjoy second week and come back for us for week three coming up next Wednesday with Jess and Meg. Bye. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.